0: Won't you lend your lungs to me? Mine are collapsing. Plant my feet and bitterly breathe up the time that's past. Breath I'll take and breath I'll give. Pray the day's not poised. Stand among the ones that live in lonely indecision.
1: Okay, <clears throat> should we do this? Episode 14? Yeah. <laughs> okay, here we go. Good morning, James morning, Lynn. today is October nineteenth, and we are taping episode fourteen and this uh today's topic was suggested by a youtube commenter my my top youtube commenter number one his handle oh who that, is it his name i'm I'm assuming he's a man uh God's own prototype is the handle
2: sounds pretty man way to me
1: yeah. So, hello there, God's Own Prototype. Uh, You you had a few suggestions, but one of them was to go over conspiracy theories and James's take on uh, some of these different conspiracy theories. So today, James posted the little outline that I provided, which just I thought were some uh, well-known conspiracy theories that we could talk about.
2: And uh, you did ask me to contact uh, my two urban scholars that I have on (laughs) call, (laughs) Justin, W.R. Justice. He's really a newsman, but he does have a conspiracy theory. Uh, He couldn't make it today.
0: Oh.
2: Uh, He he only comes out when I drink uh, cheap draft. (laughs) And uh, our eminent urban scholar, uh, Teaspoon Slickens, who's currently – Using Murphy's oil soap on the church pews down at St. Dominic's. He's a janitor down there, so um, oh. he couldn't make it. But they did let me know uh, what their concerns were, what the top conspiracy <laughs> for each for each of them was. So we at some point when it's pertinent. We can go over those
1: too. Yeah, I thought that was important because it's your unique ability to bring in that urban African Americans perspective.
2: Okay, well, I, I think it's uh, I think it's underrated. And I think it's a shame what's happened uh, with these liberal universities that guys like this don't uh, don't get spots
1: they don't they don't get the recognition they deserve uh,
2: yeah.
1: and and it's something that m- people don't realize i'm not sh- i think I only know this from reading your website but that the, the african American community has their own very rich set of uh cultural elements including conspiracy theories
2: oh. Oh yeah, yeah this, I've, there are more conspiracy theorists uh, per capita amongst the black population in Baltimore than than even amongst white comic book geeks. <laughs> <laughs> you know even there's more conspiracy theorists <laughs> among those guys than there are amongst my friends who play war games that consist entirely of operational conspiracies.
0: Yeah, you know,
2: vying against each other. Okay, so yeah, it's it's an overlooked aspect of uh, uh, the American experience.
1: Okay, well, let's get started with uh, the prime conspiracy of the year of your birth, I think was the assassination of John F. Kennedy.
2: Okay, uh, it's not – I haven't read a single book on it. I've seen numerous documentaries and read articles on it. People seem to feel real strongly about this one way or another, Uh, and they get hung up on who killed this guy. The thing to remember about the assassinations of the heads of state is when the guy that does it is immediately killed by members of the government or is immediately killed by – other people who are immediately killed or is immediately killed by, by anybody while in the custody.
1: Yeah. Because he, the they government, had, he, he wasn't, he was already arrested and say, I don't know what happened exactly.
2: Yeah. He was killed while he was in custody. Yeah. And, that's it, super and I believe it happened with the one, the guy who killed his brother too, where the guy who killed him got killed by somebody else. Um,
1: Robert Kennedy was killed. Somebody in the crowd killed the shooter, I thought. Is that what happened? Maybe yeah. I should educate myself on these well, historical I'll events. Just,
0: well, we
2: but don't I, even have to focus on these two because yeah. the original one was the assassination of, Alex, of Alexander of Macedon's father, mm, Philip. Philip. Okay, the man who was set to finish conquering the world before Alexander came of age is conveniently assassinated right as the invasion of Persia is uh, in its advanced planning stages. They're almost ready to embark. And uh, Alexander's loyalists immediately kill the man who killed Philip. Mm. And Alexander seemed very upset about this. It might not have – I don't think that Alexander was behind it. I think Alexander's mother was behind it. But the point is, is the other people in the government, the son, the, the the elder son, he wasn't the only one, the other people in the government benefited from this, just like other people in the U.S. government benefited from uh, JFK's assassination. So it's not important to me who killed him. Um, it's just important that his assassin was done away with. Right. And we're seeing the same thing – we're we're seeing it at an insane level in Las Vegas.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: With uh, the the guy that – that amassed $10 million worth of real estate by playing computer poker. Sure, right. Okay. Uh, Yeah, this guy.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh, So – I think that's pretty simple. The, the, actually, the Russian intelligence agency I was listening to, uh, only for entertainment purposes. I don't want my friends at uh, the Nazi surveillance army to, to think that I actually believe any of this stuff. <laughs> uh, they actually call it the king's sacrifice. At first, I thought they meant the Martin Luther King's killing. No, they call it the, the – uh, the Russians call it the king's sacrifice. At least that's how it's translated. They, they probably call it the Tsar sacrifice hmm. of uh, – you know, 63, my, my mother said she was feeding me peas in my high chair. Oh, I was six months old.
1: That's what I wanted to was, ask you, if, if your parents had some memories about it. So you were having peas.
2: Right. My I was, uh, mom. I was, right. And the funny thing is, is I, I used to spit out and refuse to eat my peas until um, I was, well, a teenager until I was like 50, <laughs> <laughs> until I got the like high testosterone zone and I would eat, just eat anything, anything to, to fuel my own little death machine. Uh, yeah, that was uh, the one time that my mother actually asked my father to beat me was because I told her to take the peas and put them in a the Ziploc bag and send them to these kids in Ethiopia. She's always talking about. <laughs> so. <laughs>
0: Wow. Oh, so, anyways, okay. so maybe,
2: it, yeah, yeah, maybe that really scored <laughs> me in my high chair. Yeah. Right?
1: <laughs> Just uh, ruined peas for you for the rest right. of your life.
2: Right. I mean, maybe when I was a little tyke, I actually saw the brains coming out of the head. I don't know.
1: Maybe, or maybe your mother screamed or something. I don't know.
2: Right. I never thought about it until now. That could be why I've uh, had that aversion to peas for you know, a decade or more. <laughs> yeah. All
1: right. All right. So what we then what we conclude with JFK is that uh, it's related to every historical um, assassination of a head of state, and there's it's it's always going to serve somebody's purpose, right? There's somebody that wants that guy dead, or, or lots so, of people. Yeah.
2: Well, the thing to look at is is one, was his assassin done away with? Right. Quick. Yes.
0: Yeah.
2: Did a dynamic leader come into play? come into power yes LBJ mm. was a very influential president but yeah, a yeah. single-handedly destroyed this country
0: yeah
2: okay he uh, he micromanaged the Vietnam War uh, into one of the worst handled wars and in human history quite a lot on American history and he uh, and there's there's no saying that, that JFK wouldn't have done these things either just as we're not saying that Alexander, did anything that philip would not have done All right. but the fact is somebody doesn't kill a dynamic head of state uh and then the the assassin magically disappear and then the people to come into power just sit and sit around a pool and drink and uh, martinis and smoke cigars now right. they're going to be there's going to be people to take power that are dynamic and they may not have been behind it but whoever was behind it Uh, may very well have been people hoping to see them take power. Yeah. This may have been about immigration.
1: Yeah, that was one thing that that changed.
2: You know, who knows?
1: Yeah. Moving forward in time or backward, I guess, slightly, is the the moon landing.
2: Oh, you know, I had uh, this guy, uh, Tony Chivaleski, a skinhead who uh, tried to have me killed once. Uh, before he decided I had to die. We actually used to talk to each other and his father and his grandfather, all they talked about according to him was that it's a fake and they had all this evidence and I've heard other people make this case. Now there's an interesting movie that is about this Mm -hmm. called Capricorn one starring Robert Urich about a Mars landing. They were uh, supposed to go to Mars. Now, something happened with the Mars mission that they were actually going to fake the Mars mission
0: hmm.
2: because that they, they were under political pressure to make this landing. They weren't going to be able to bring it in. So they thought they were going to be able to use lunar landing material, things that they had learned to fake a Mars mission. And so these guys never even lift off. They're sent somewhere. Mm-hmm. But the. Their uh, their rocket blows up, so now these guys are watching this on TV, and all three of them instantly appreciate the fact that they now have to they die. They
1: have to, well, they, okay. They have
2: to die because they were supposedly on that capsule to blow up.
1: Yeah, they have to change have identities to at least. They have to really have <laughs> right. to die.
2: Well, yeah, the government's going to kill him. Oh, <laughs> what else are they going to do? True. So, anyways, that Capricorn one was a good movie. Yeah, Robert York was a star in it, and I thought that uh, I I thought that 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 was pretty believable. Although I never believed that the lunar landing was faked. When I came to believe that the lunar landing might have been faked,
0: mm-hmm.
2: was after the space program was abandoned for smartphones and social media, hmm. okay. I mean that's th- this is no science fiction writer ever predicted this. All of them predicted we were going that we were either going to hell in an apocalypse, yeah. or we were going out in the space. Nobody predicted that we were just going to sit around and <laughs> Gotham click. <point. laughs> Right. In 1999, we had the same communication technology that James T. Kirk had on the Starship Enterprise, Yeah. supposedly 300 years later.
0: Right.
2: And to think that the whole space program is utterly abandoned. And I've even had many science fiction uh, aficionados, even science fiction authors, and I've heard scientists make the case that there is no way mankind – can settle the stars and that it's not worth it to settle the planets and it's too damaging to the body and people would yeah. be health problems. They would get cancer. They would lose bone mass, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Everybody knew about this stuff before, but nobody gave a shit. Just like they didn't care about sailors having scurvy when Columbus and Magellan set sail. All right. People had a sense that they, that people were supposed to expand their horizons, but that is all gone. And now... I'm probably 51% into the lunar landings were faked. I, I would have to say, mm. if it, to me it's a it's a dice it's it's a coin toss. But if you held a gun to my head, I'd say yeah, they faked it oh. because because it now makes sense. That no, nothing else makes sense now. That there is governments going to go, unless it's the Chinese or the Russians, that nobody in power in the United States is going to go to the moon, and we should have been there 20 years
1: ago. We, yeah, we. Sh- We could have done a a lot on the moon. Um, I was looking at some of the videos that I haven't put up yet that you shot recently, and uh, you drew a distinction between the monuments that were created and placed at the time that America was just becoming an empire versus this monument, which was just a flagpole. Essentially, it was just a patio, paved patio with a flagpole in it, and the contrast between the cost and the effort and the... Artistry and the te- technical ability to create these mon- monuments. So going to the moon is like something that expansionary, literally expansionary, right? And and right. so we're not in that phase anymore. And so I I think we probably so the didn't. question
2: the question is when did we enter that phase
1: or when did we end it? We you, you uh, I you, mean
2: when did we enter the decadent phase?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Did we enter it did we enter the decadent phase before or after the lunar or supposed lunar landing? Or was that the decision that sent us into the decadent phase, if it was faked?
1: Uh, if it was faked, then it was the timing was correct in, either, in any case, right? Because it represents a, a, a maximum of expansionary spirit.
2: If it was if it was faked it uh explains John Glenn becoming a politician yeah uh i I'm not saying it was i it's i you know I, I never wanted to even believe it was possible, so I never seriously considered any of the evidence that was put in front of me. I just blew it off yeah. so so I don't know but uh, yeah that the Chinese at least uh SL James and I decided when we were working on Hemovore Hmm. that it would be the Chinese. The Chinese would be who colonized the moon.
1: Well, I'm I'm curious why they haven't done it yet. If it was possible with the technology and the resources that we had in the 60s, why hasn't China? You know, I I guess China has a lot a lot going on. Maybe it's not a priority for them.
2: I have. uh, I think they could do it now. I know they could do it now. Now this is my this is my thought on why not now. Uh, the, the U.S. and the, the Soviets were going after this goal as part of, a you know, whose geopolitical scientific penis is bigger than the other guy's penis in the locker room of state. Okay, It was, it was just PR to support their efforts in the Cold War.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. It's,
2: okay, uh, that's really a throwaway. That's not nearly as important. That's what Columbus did. Columbus' Columbus mission that he assigned himself was to sail all the way around the world to get behind Islam Mm. and to develop an alliance with Christian or heathen peoples in the rear of Islam Mm. and attack them from the back because he was a member of the Knights of Christ. He had a crusading mentality. He wanted to convert people to Christianity and find a bigger world so it could be thrown against Islam because Christianity was tucked into those little corners, almost surrounded by Islam. Yeah. So that you think about how important that scientific risk was, that voyage of discovery, compared to this this pissing match between the Soviets and the U.S. I think the Chinese, with a better grasp of history than anybody in the West has, okay, because they appreciate the depth of their history and we don't. I think that uh, they know how to use it properly and the proper time to uh, make a moonshot and to colonize the moon is to wait for the United States to crucially stumble economically. I mean to do grave harm to itself to the point where it can't keep up with its military commitments overseas, which means there's no way there's going to be any trip to the moon and then to actually demonstrate, without saying so, to demonstrate that they are the ascendant power, they will then colonize the moon when there is no way the United States would do it. And they won't even make it a race. Yeah. They'll disguise it as a military program, and then they'll just do it. They won't even give the U.S. a chance to say, oh, okay, we could still do that. No. Yeah. That, that, that's, that's how I'm thinking uh, they would look at it. And that's more based on me reading uh, ancient Chinese history than the little bit I read about uh, recent Chinese history, which is just the the Taiping Rebellion, the Boxer Rebellion, uh, World War II in Korea. That's all I've read on uh, modern China. Most of what I read is on ancient China, and I just think that they're going to want. They've been out of power long enough. They're going to want that back.
1: Well, what I have gathered from what I've read of ancient China, which is not a whole lot, but that they've always been, ancient China was always more inward looking and yes. because they had the, they had the Starfleet or whatever it was saying, he, who, who toured Asia before Columbus. I don't believe that they ever went to North America. I, okay. I don't think that's true. Um, but, I'm you know, up in they, the air over there. Well, well, they just retired the fleet because they were the middle kingdom, you know, between heaven and earth, and they uh, were so- sovereign to themselves and they controlled all their neighbors. And that... that's
2: exactly that what I was enough. thinking of. Yeah. So, and as far as the Chinese going to the moon, uh, that's what I was thinking of that but it would they be their star
1: But they knew that, that Europe well, was there and they didn't spread. care. They didn't care they about They actually your...
2: spent about twenty years sailing these money losing propositions. Yeah. Uh, because th- these weren't, these weren't money making things. Sailing them around the Indian Ocean.
1: Yeah. They were, and they the were China doing Sea that for, and all the way down
2: to Australia.
1: For their own glory. To to give right. to give gifts to other heads of states to prove that China was the best, basically. Right. So
2: I think uh, uh, I think if you're going to do something like that, you would wait for the U.S. to fall flat on his face.
0: Hmm. Well, and
2: so you wouldn't you wouldn't want to awaken the U.S. right to do something like this. Uh, Gavin Menzies's theory was that it was the Chinese making contact with the Europeans in Venice that actually planted the seed and and put the spark in people like Columbus. Yeah, it, and, and at the very least his theory that the pre-Rest map. Somehow found its way to Italy, and that could have been, you know, the Polos or something, that or or people like that, some other Venetians. Uh, so there is a theory that what the Chinese did do in the Indian Ocean, since it was known by Arabs, yeah, and it was known by some Christians. There was a Portuguese guy that reported on it. Uh, he was based in India. That that might have put the idea. Of projecting power by sea into the European mind. So, so if you're the Chinese yeah,
1: thinking here, of a
2: moonshot, you don't want to put that idea in the in the American
0: mind.
1: Well, but here's the difference between the it's a cultural difference, or maybe it's a deeper difference than that, because there was definitely cross pollination, right? Marco Polo went to China, and some yes. Chinese guys came back. So this cross pollination inspired Europeans to this expansionary phase, right? But it did not do that for the Chinese. The Chinese just thought, oh, well. um, You know, the Chinese invented gunpowder, but they didn't figure out how to make. You know, they used it for fireworks, and they weren't even that good at at making it. They didn't have refined the technology.
2: Yeah, the Starfleets for them was just like putting a star on the Christmas tree and then standing back and looking at it. Exactly. It wasn't wasn't that serious. And uh, the other thing I'm thinking of is – the devaluation of uh, of human life in that culture, too, and the fact that they might not really care that much if they lost a few hundred people experimenting on lunar settlement.
1: Oh, they! I don't think they would hesitate on, on, that, <laughs> right, on that Right, Right, yeah. You know?
2: I mean, yeah. <laughs> they might even send people up to be used as food. Who knows? Well, you
1: know, that's <laughs> different. I, And that's something I don't know if you have any friends who are pilots, but I know a couple – I'm acquainted, I don't know them well, but they, you know, these are people who really um, want a challenge and they want, it's a very technical job, you know, it's just as technical as being a doctor or any kind of profession and, um, but it takes that kind of daredevil attitude as well. And I'm sure we've all seen movies about the astronauts that they were these, uh, I don't know, they were these really alpha male guys that just thought they could do anything. Because it takes an incredible amount of courage and, um, to leave Earth, to get in a plane and leave Earth. So you have to have people who are willing to do it and willing to master the, the task, that, all the skills that it takes.
2: Well, with a billion people, uh, they'll have no problem finding 500 of those. No? You know, and, and they're not stupid.
1: Oh, well, they're not stupid.
2: And this is, a, this is now a global game, and they know it. You know, when you look at, at how the world's contracted in scope – uh, they were pointing aggressive when it came to poisoning their borders and everything. And now with this, uh, you know, the rest of the world's, uh, the Islamists and the capitalists are both going for global one-world government.
0: Yeah.
2: And the Chinese aren't going to be into that. You know, this could be something that would be defensive. Hell, just to get up there and be able to drop drop rocks on North America. Yeah. Just to be the person that could sit on the moon and toss stuff down here. Yeah. Uh, you know, that well, that would have some utility there.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh, Heinwin's uh, Moon is a Harsh Mistress is what came to mind
0: on yeah, that.
1: Yeah.
2: So my my vote is coin toss on uh, mm-hmm. the, is the lunar landing fate. Okay. <laughs> okay. Something I never would have considered five years ago.
1: That, well, I, I, I agree with you there that things that I used to think were just obvious and true are now pff, many things are very questionable. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so 9 11 next in our list,
2: Uh, my opinion. And and I have seen, I've seen pro and con documentaries on the towers coming down. I remember watching it happen. My opinion is that first of all, there was uh, a guy who his stuff has been taken down. I'm not going to use his name. Very successful financial analyst. Uh, when there was a supermarket crash, I think in 97, uh, he was taken into custody by the FBI. They had uh, prison guards and federal prisoners torture this guy mm. into signing some confessions that he actually single-handedly trashed the world economy because all of his people made money and nobody else's people made money when the stock market crashed. But he had developed a algorithm. He had developed this thing that actually predicted this, hmm. and I actually have a friend who uses him as his financial consultant. Oh, and he let me see his book, and I wasn't supposed to see the book because I didn't pay the big money for this book, so I can't quote any of it. Uh, but I will say one thing. He said that he was doing time with the guys that originally tried to blow up the Twin Towers with a van loaded dynamite oh, in the yeah. basement. Yeah. Okay. He said that while the rest of the federal prisoners had been assigned to beat him up and harass him, All the real criminals. These terrorists actually treated him nice. They wouldn't even change the channel on the TV without asking him. He said the one thing that bothered him was that they were drawing pictures of airliners crashing into uh, skyscrapers Hmm. on the wall of their cell that he shared with these people. Okay, so and this is a federal prison. Okay, and I actually believe this guy. And we do know that the FBI had at least four of these people in custody while they were in the process of uh, of later stage planning of this mission. Yeah. All the way to the point of, you know, getting positioned and the FBI lets them go. And these people are already on watch list. So I just think it was a case of the Bush administration saying, uh no, we don't really believe that they're doing this. Just let these boys go, hoping that they would do something so that they would be able to do the Patriot Act and these other things. Just like I don't believe uh FDR, you know, Pearl knew Harbor. for certain that the Japanese were gonna bomb Pearl Harbor. Yeah. But I also believe that there was an there was an unwillingness to be vigilant at the top levels because they were kinda hoping that the Japs would step on their dick.
1: Yeah, they needed an okay. excuse. Yeah. And yeah.
2: So well, um, that's where I'm at that. I, I don't think it was a, a federal operation.
1: What I think about 9-11 is that it's very suspicious how tied up that the Bush family is with the Saudis and how um, at least what we're told is that like four, 15 out of the 19 or so were Saudi citizens. That there's no peep about Saudi Arabia. Like why? Like, hey, guys, what's going on? How come your people are blowing your stuff up? And then they did evacuate a lot of Saudi nationals and Osama bin Laden family members just like, you guys need to go, <laughs> go home.
2: Oh, the, and the one building that never got touched by anything and blew up just like it was demoed?
1: Yeah. Well, it looked
2: like a, it looked like a construction site demolition building right next to the Twin Towers? Yeah. yeah.
1: What I read about that is that it just was an uncontrolled burn until the whole thing just – they never sent a, a single firefighter in there because they were too busy doing other stuff. So, but I don't know. I, I can't say if it makes sense or not. I don't. I don't.
2: I don't think it was a federal operation or conspiracy. Yeah. I just think that they looked the other way and they hoped it would happen. Yeah. So that they could bring it hammer I think down. that
1: it's like look the other way and then also don't look very hard at your pals and just go like oh it must have been Afghanistan that country because with they, all those goats and stuff.
2: Right. And then yeah. what do they do with Afghanistan? Afghanistan is not even a top priority. It's made out of so rocks,
1: they, so we're gonna just smash the rocks and.
2: Stuff. Well, there's there's some rare stuff that they want there, but yeah. their main priority after the Twin Towers was uh, was going after Iraq. Yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, you
2: know, and it was just it was just something that they could harness to uh, you know, to to go do that. So so yeah, I I think that uh, the U.S. government at the top levels had knowledge of it and did not care.
1: Yeah, or or just. But was, not that they did it. Not that they did it. Yeah, I I don't think they did it, but I think that there may be a combination of incompetence and willful blindness to yeah to their allies who aren't really allies like saudi arabia okay okay Flor- well, that,
2: that probably that, that'll satisfy nobody i think just about everybody else in the world's gonna be on one side or the other <laughs> yeah
1: i know that's my default position it's like my default position is to just say oh well they're all just dumb and they they should have stopped it but they couldn't because they're but then then that slowly slowly morphs into like full conspiracy belief after a couple of years of yeah,
2: so. yeah they well and, and and be careful how often you use that term uh, even though it's a subject of this podcast um, I, people suspect my uh my English language skills enough since I'm a high school dropout. I don't want to continuously be using this word. It's not in the Oxford English dictionary. It
1: doesn't dictionary. exist. Yeah. Okay. It's, not an appro- oh. it's not in the, um, Oh, I don't remember the name of the book in the, or in the, uh, in 1984. It's not in
2: Webster's Funk yeah. and Waggles. <laughs> yeah. No, nowhere.
1: No. <laughs> There's no such thing. Yeah. It's a conspiracy doesn't exist. And then once it, you know, if, and when it's, um, revealed, then it's just, oh, well, everybody knew that, you know, Every, well, everybody knew that they were doing this crime. And
2: Granted, no matter what, nine eleven is a conspiracy.
1: Sure, yeah, yeah.
2: And it's a successful conspiracy. Absolutely. Whether it was yeah. just a bunch of uh, Islamist terrorists, well, that's a successful conspiracy. Yeah.
1: And they conspired to do that. Something more than, there's no way we so, know everything about it.
2: So we're thinking, is it a, the question is, is it a, is it a traitorous conspiracy?
1: Right. Right, I mean, and for that I'll matter, say no on that.
2: Now they're trying to say with the assassinations that these weren't conspiracies, that it was one man,
0: right.
1: that
2: one man takes down the top top man in the world.
1: Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's hard. It's hard to. It's believe.
2: hard to swallow that. Yeah.
1: All right. How about fluoridation of tap water?
2: That really came out of World War II. The Russians and uh, National Socialist Germany, their general staffs actually had conversations about uh, putting fluorine or something else in the water supply to assist with uh, mind control. They thought it would degrade uh, the willpower enough. There was a guy named Perkins, a biochemist, who actually said this. Any person, he he says this, with all sincerity – And earnestness, any person who drinks artificially fluorinated water for a period of one year or more will never again be the same person mentally or physically. You know, I don't know anything about it. I do know that it's in nuclear weapons. It's in uh, sarin gas. uh, It's in bug spray.
0: Hmm.
2: It's in uh, we get it from uh, animal feeds, fertilizer, roach and rat poison plastics. It's a nonstick cookware. It's in all of our soft drinks and juices, uh, just about all of them. And it's also in a lot of prescription medications and mm-hmm. antibiotics, mm-hmm. anesthetics, steroids. Uh, this stuff is is everywhere. It's it's one of the more common elements. I think it's like the 14th most common element. But then the amount of artificially manufactured fluoride that we've put into the system yeah. is just ridiculous. Yeah. And in the states... In areas, municipalities, where there are, there are there is 100% fluoridated water, there's twice the incidence of cavities.
1: Well, our water is fluoridated, and um, we have sort of gone back and forth with using the reverse osmosis water from the shop down the road because it's a pain to go get those big bottles. But we now are 100% bottled water because they said that, Th- they actually did a study, and it costs the kids IQ points. So right. I can't do that. I can't. And my children have no cavities, and you know, teeth can be fixed. Um, but I've
2: I've always drank fluoridated water, and I've had probably six or seven cavities in my life. I had one a few years ago. Now, a dear lady friend of mine, who I've often disappointed in uh, dinner table conversations, <laughs> would always get upset when I would not drink the water that she painstakingly filtered for my consumption (laughs) to get the fluorine out of it. I just, uh, it's too much of a pain in the butt for me to use that jug. I'd rather just go to the tap and take the water out. I drink a whole lot of tap water. I drink tea made with tap water. I drink cheap beer made with tap water. (laughs) And she asked me, she said, you know, it's really been proven that this takes away IQ points. And I thought, I said, not only does it take away IQ points, I said, it reduces the willpower of the subject population. It's actually been used to decrease our willpower as a species. And then she said, well, well how could you drink it? I said, well, there's two reasons. I said, one, I think it makes our conversations a little bit more fair, <laughs> equitable. Okay? If I shave off a few IQ points. You're a jerk. <laughs> you could ask her. I said it. I said her. She she winced, but the, she got the. see at this point she knew me well enough to know that I was coming up with something worse. And I said, and also, I'm really afraid that if I stop drinking fluoridated water, uh I'm going to be the next mass murderer out of Baltimore. Mm. Okay, so this is something I do it's, to say
1: therapeutic,
2: right? To save yeah. the people, <laughs> you know. They, when the buses in Baltimore. Seriously, <laughs> I stopped drinking fluoridated water. You're probably going to see on the news where I fire by my bus and I'm chopping down the, the survivors with machetes and mm. you know. So I'm I'm actually prescribing fluorine in heavy dosages to myself just to uh, just to keep me pacifistic enough to continue writing these books <laughs> instead of acting on. Uh, the knowledge that the United States government has been f- me and my ancestors in the ass for the past 400 years or, and what preceded the United States government. So uh, there's a – wait, I'm sorry. I'm getting a little bit worked up. <laughs> okay, that's better. Oh, there you go. So, okay, I'm, I'm sorry about that bit of profanity, but I was getting low on fluoride.
1: Okay. Right, so,
2: so there you go. I believe and I believe.
1: I had next, I combined a bunch of topics, which uh, you could tell me what you think. Things like the New World Order, the Illuminati, the Freemasons, the Rothschilds, international banking in general, I guess you could say. Uh, what, what do you Why think don't you just tick on? them
2: all off to me, and uh, I'll give you a yay, nay, maybe.
1: And, okay. And
2: then we can discuss them a little bit, because they're kind of on the same order.
1: Yeah. New World Order. Yay. <laughs> Illuminati. Maybe. Freemasons. Maybe. Rothschilds. Bankers. Yay. Yay.
2: (laughs) That is my peasant jealousy right there. I read the Magna Carta, you pricks. (laughs) I actually read it. Nobody's read that thing. All we ever read in school is the the one or two passages they want us to read.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Like, hey, we finally showed that king, put him in his place. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> him. Yeah. Well, I don't know what else to say about these. I mean, this is a huge topic. The New World Order, I think, is obvious, right? It's. I mean, just oh, yeah. because America is going to be in charge of it or is in charge of it doesn't mean that's not true or that it doesn't affect us, right?
2: I, see, I don't see America as... If it goes through, I don't think it's all the way through yet. For one thing, you got this knucklehead with the toupee in the way. <laughs> this uh, this thing right now has got the United States acting as a police force for the world, mm-hmm. uh, serving these international interests. And yeah, a lot of these internationalists are based in America, or they were born in America, yeah. or live in America, whatever. But yeah. it's not. If it goes through, it's not going to be run from America. This is going to be the police station.
0: Yeah.
2: You know, and right now, some of our, at least our, uh, our current chief of police, is is not a, is not into the corruption. He's
0: not it Seems planned. to work
2: quite straight.
0: Yeah.
2: And uh, you can't have that. Mm. So that's why we're living in such interesting times. We have got three more years of this. Uh, oh,
1: please no State seven, America. seven. You
2: know. So. Oh, oh, okay, that's right. That's right. You, you're a voter. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs>
1: well, he, you know, I don't, He I don't surprised vote. a lot of people, including you, by pulling out the win.
2: Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. So,
1: I think yeah, and you know in. what?
2: He he seems like he's uh he's actually trying to figure out. He, he didn't know what he was getting into. I'm convinced of that. I think Ron West was right on that. That he had no idea what was going on with these intelligence organizations. But I think he's now seeing this. As another rigged game, he's not supposed to win, and another challenge.
1: Yeah, yeah, he loves okay. that. That's
2: right. Yeah. So I think he's uh, he's the right guy to shake up the bag of
0: rats.
1: <laughs> well, this Russia, the Russia thing is coming back into play, but this time with Hillary Clinton as the the uh, villain. This uh, uranium deal and all the, pay, the payments that she got through her foundation. You know, it wasn't a bribe. It it wasn't a bribe because. The guy who wrote the check in the memo, he wrote, this This is not a bribe. And then oh, he wrote then it's the not check a... to, the, yeah, to the Clinton Foundation.
2: To the, to the queen, queen of <laughs> Gorgons. <right? laughs> yeah. The Gorgon Queen takes it. Well, I really like the fact that, uh, you know, their, I think it was their personal uh, assistant was uh, taking these five Haitian children out of Haiti to be raped by American politicians at these sex parties and stuff that they have. Oh, and, I don't the think the Haitian anything past it, Those people as sleazy as the Haitian government is. They stopped that. Yeah. And uh, Bill and Hillary got on the case and they made sure that those uh, those living sex toys got delivered. You know, so I wouldn't put anything past these people. I mean, these are the people that are supposed to be actually sealing the wall of the New World Order to actually put the, the glaze and the finish on it.
1: Yeah.
2: And, and this it's just going to be, uh, you know, well, what kind of wallpaper do you want? So. Well, uh, I
1: think that was a huge, and I feel like I've mentioned this before, but it was a huge and very upsetting shock to so many people that just thought there was a foregone conclusion that Hillary would win, and including the FBI and who, who knows who all these other people are that were conspiring against Trump during the election, and they they didn't have anything to worry about because he would obviously lose and their crimes would never be exposed. And so imagine the panic that they felt when Trump won. Oh uh, I, I
2: tell delicious. you what I did at a certain point I'm gonna ask you to close your ears and I'll just speak to the readers, okay? Uh, but the election night, I really didn't care who won. I was, you know, I was a little bit worried about getting shut down if Hillary won, but I was also, I was also toying with the idea that I might be so small I might end up being the only alt right guy left standing and actually <laughs> well, be somebody, you know. Because
1: you're not actually a state, you know, a deep state right. asset. Because
2: I'm not right. I'm not a I'm not a voter and I'm I'm not I'm not political. So I really didn't care who won, and I. Just uh, I, I had a lower opinion of him then than I do now. And uh, uh, because most people get worse when they become president, this guy actually seems to become a better person since he's become president. Mm. That that's, that just doesn't happen to anybody. I mean, the presidency even turned Jimmy Carter into a prick. And he was a Sunday school president.
0: teacher.
1: Yeah.
2: Right. So uh, when the election night was going on, there's this uh, reptilian fellow named James Carvell.
1: Yeah, I know.
2: I was watching MSNBC, the most liberal. Yeah. So I hear of these networks. Yeah. Out at my mother's, and everybody had gone to bed, and then I saw when the election turned in Cuba, and see, I knew that these people didn't understand Latinos and Hispanics.
1: uh oh, that's and, not, all right. Continue. Right.
2: Yeah, you know, the, the the left
1: establishment
2: yeah. just yeah. didn't understand didn't understand that there's more than one kind.
1: Oh yeah, that's true. You know,
2: they think they're all Mexicans and that's it. <laughs> you know, that's that's really the way they think. Where will people think that, you know, like all Latinos are Mexicans and that's it, you know, and they're all the same. And then when the Cubans voted for Trump down in Florida and basically turned the election around, all of the commentators that, except for the, 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 the Trump cheerleader that was brought in and pretty much talked down the whole time. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of the the liberal people on the newscast were saying, okay, well, this is a little anom- anomaly, <laughs> no big deal. James Carpill's face just, like, changed shape, <laughs> okay? I mean, he's just, this is like, it was as if God, suddenly found out it was going to take 8 days. You know, this <laughs> Corville, his he got this look on his face and then he said something that was short and curt and right then I knew that Trump was going to win.
0: Mm.
2: Okay, because he knew. And this is really he's the smartest guy on that side of the aisle out there and he uh I mean he's smart enough to be banging a Republican babe. Okay, so I just knew he was the smartest guy. And after he said that if uh, close, your, close your ears, Elaine.
1: Um, okay.
2: Okay. okay. <laughs> when, when it's not listening, I'll tell you. If it wouldn't have been my mother's house and I was there by myself, I, I would have gone and got some vegetable shortening or Vaseline or something, and I would have masturbated <laughs> while I watched all this liberal. <laughs> You're listening? Oh, God. That, yeah. Well, anyways if- – it was almost <laughs> orgasmic for me. For I stayed up for ten hours watching all these. Oh, these I'm laughing in. because
1: I feel the same way, James. It was the the best night of TV in my life. <laughs> okay. <In> my, okay. <laughs> it was wonderful. We had champagne here, and uh, it just and actually, there's really nice YouTube compilations of these people just like time lapse <laughs> losing their uh, losing their minds. It's oh, wonderful. Oh, it was great. I got yeah. drunk.
2: <laughs> that and I was dancing around in, in my mother's bedroom, <laughs> shower box and, and getting drunk while I was watching this. And the dog just looked at me like I was nuts. looked at looking like this is unstable. I don't want to be seen with you. And uh-huh. she just like in you know, the room. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, she's probably a feminist. You know
2: the dog. The, oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 She's <laughs> one of the church. She's one of the church ladies. <laughs> yeah. That dog. <laughs> Big hurting instinct. Definitely a feminist. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, the conspira- It's nice to see a ripple in a conspiracy. Uh, I really, I cannot believe that there's no way that this guy gets into a fifth year. They're going to kill him.
1: I hope that you're wrong, and I think I'm that
2: wrong he's. Oh, too, but that, it, they're not. They're just not going to let him do a second term.
1: Well, he, th- they're already failing in their attempts. Uh, at removing him and ruining his life in in millions of ways and they're actually completely failing so look at it from that's the optimistic point of view and the other thing is I think he's a lot savvier than people give him credit for it's fair to say that he didn't know how the federal government really works from the inside here's a conspiracy
2: theory for you
1: yeah let's hear it
2: I think if this guy manages to survive and gets halfway through a second term,
1: mm-hmm.
2: that he's actually going to talk directly to the American people and tell them how the government really works. Yeah,
1: I, I, would, believe that. I would
2: believe that. And I think that. that's what they're terrified of.
1: They are. They are terrified of it because here's what's the difference. They're hundred percent of them. Democrats, Republicans have serious dirt in their reputations that they really cannot reveal Trump. The worst thing he did like he likes attractive women that's yeah, the worst gra- thing he's I ever mean, done
2: and i grab pussies too you know i don't i don't
1: yeah you so know,
2: <laughs> against he's uh, he's reproduced
1: he's he's had three wives and ch- had children with each one they're all white people um european Ooh, yeah, you know yeah, he is a so he's definitely a villain in that sense but but that's what i believe is that there's no dirt worse than what we've already seen on trump And 100% of the other people in Washington have serious, serious, serious dirt on them that they have to protect themselves.
2: Right. And I'm not talking about the politicians. No. I'm talking about him going after the deep state publicly and actually laying out what they are and what they do and just saying, look, I've been fighting these people since I've been here. This is what I've been up to. This is why I haven't gotten all this stuff done. It's not because of the Republicans. It's not because of the Democrats. It's because of these people that have been here for 30 years and are still going to be here when I leave. Yeah. Okay. Because I don't think, I think most Republicans and all Democrats believe that the politicians control what the U.S. government does.
1: Right, and it's really the bureaucracy, the right I, of people who
2: vote. I think it's probably 80% believe that politicians actually control things.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, they have a role. They they have. It's the public role. I I don't see them really as separate from the deep state because they they are. They're just like you say, the um the hood ornament, right? So I, I see them as perf- as part of the head of state, but they're just like the little cherry on the Sunday or, – or the um, sorry, the deep state. So the people who are not deep state could be like Rand Paul, you know. Um, well, uh, maybe that Hawaiian well, girl. What well, I uh, I,
2: hate, I I hate to interrupt you here. What are yeah. you wearing? <laughs> clothing. What, <are> you wearing? <laughs> oh, what, what kind of clothing are you wearing? Okay, I'm not a dre- doing anything I'm wearing a,
1: a dress and a sweater.
2: Okay, good girl. Okay, so. The Democrats are the dress and the Republicans are the sweater, okay? You're the deep state.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's just the dressing. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So we agree on that. Um, I'm not sure where we're going with this. Okay.
2: And, well, that is the – that's the new world order. That is the biggest conspiracy with more participants that have ever been engaged in a conspiracy before, which is the deep state. You're talking about over a million.
1: Yeah. Federal, Federal employees. people
2: who yeah. are in the know. Yep,
1: yeah. They just okay. think they're doing their job. They just think they're doing the right... I, I don't think it's like that they know that they're trying to do something evil. I they're think they just think it's control. the right thing. Yeah.
2: Conspiracies keep... are primarily about control. They're just trying to keep control.
0: Yeah. And
2: as long as they keep control, which to them is just them keeping their job.
0: Yeah. Yep.
2: As long as they keep control... Then evil will be worked at the highest level and highest magnitude.
1: I agree. I agree completely.
2: You know, so I say it's the biggest conspiracy ever.
1: Yeah, yeah. The U.S. federal government, four trillion dollars a year budget to accomplish their ends.
2: Yeah, I mean that's just
1: doesn't get bigger than that.
2: I'd rather dress the the girls at the Playboy Mansion in platinum.
1: uh, (laughs) That would be
2: money better spent.
1: Yeah. Well, we've talked about the Clintons, but I also have here Seth Rich in WikiLeaks and Julian Assange. Who's
2: who's Seth Rich?
1: All right. Seth Seth Rich is a man who was killed in Washington, D.C.
2: Oh, he was the one that was shot in the back five times by a robber who didn't take his wallet or his jewelry. Exactly. (laughs) Right.
1: the, The idea is that he is a Bernie bro working for the Democrats, and he saw what Hillary was doing to his boy Bernie. And um, he didn't like it, so he downloaded a bunch of stuff to um, to a drive. So this this is the idea why everybody says hack. Oh, the DNC was hacked, hacked, hacked. It wasn't hacked. Uh, it was an inside job, and he simply downloaded the the emails and passed them off to um, to WikiLeaks. So and then he was killed. I mean, Julian Assange almost, very nearly admitted that this, that this was the case.
0: Came,
2: well, as I saw the interview with a private detective that was hired by a private uh, undisclosed party for the family who he said that – and he was a former uh, D.C. cop – said that the D.C. police are telling me that the FBI has his computer, and the FBI is telling me that D.C. police have it. And Mm -hmm. some people uh, in the police force have warned me that I might be stepping on some toes here. Next day, he denies everything and just – just just totally backs off. Yeah. So uh, the dudes, the three dudes in the black sunglasses that showed up to tell Trump the way it was going to be. Yeah. And and he had his big smelling guy kick these guys out of the Oval <laughs> Office. OK. These same three dudes showed up at, at this ex-cop's apartment and he didn't have a big smelling guy. Yeah. Or, or Or the 82nd Airborne. OK. Yeah. Or or Prince. With his private army of fifteen thousand mercs, okay, right. he didn't have any of this, okay. So he's like, okay, I want to live.
1: Okay, hey, yeah. you're writing um, the Filthy Few. Is Trump or Trump-like character going to appear in that?
2: Well, this is uh, the, Donald Trump is the president.
1: He is in your this story. Is oh, the good. President. Okay, good. The
2: whole the idea of the Filthy Few. This is a conspiracy theory. Is that uh, Samuel Finlay under another name, okay? Basically, a guy with the his same history. Guy in a gray suit with uh, black sunglasses is sitting on his porch when he comes home from, you know, working at the, the local clothing retailer and say, hey, we'd like you to use your your military skills uh, and basically get us a dirty half dozen a suicide squad to do something for the president, Donald J. Trump, because he can't get the CIA or the FBI to do it for him. So it's all on you. And here are these six guys looking at doing, doing life in prison. And we want you to recruit them to do a suicide mission. Will you do
1: it? So it's his chance to
2: be Marvin.
1: Yeah. I really like what you've done so far on it. So I encourage you and Sam. Finley, If you're listening,
2: he's going to be the straight man in this. When we get to the interviews, first I'm writing all six of these idiots getting locked up. Yeah. Okay. And, (laughs) When we get to the interviews, what we're going to do is Sam's already knows what these guys are like because he's read them. Then he's going to interview me like I'm the thug in question. <laughs> <laughs> going to do it back and forth on Skype and I guess – uh, we'll both type our answers down or something like that. So it'll be a real interview. It won't be scripted and I'll just be role playing these guys. I can help you I'll record it.
1: If you want to record it, I can you know as an assignment. Okay. I can
2: okay. Help you so do we'll do that. Maybe yeah. we'll do this. Uh, however you think it ought to be done. The, the next guy I'm writing is downtown Charlie Brown. He'll basically be the Telly Savallis character <laughs> who does that. In this group, this, the, the filthiest of the filthy few, oh. worst biker on the planet. Uh, basically, the guy that I just did, uh, Joey uh, J- Joey uh, Joey Bonequal Bennett. Uh, he's uh, he's he's like the Clint Walker character, the big dumb guy that accidentally kills some guy in a fight. You know, that's mm-hmm. he's that character. He's he's kind of the likable character. Uh, so I still have to, yeah, you know, the, the Charles Bronson type character is. Uh, is your way? Really, I'm gonna put my ego into this. I'm gonna make him like the toughest grocer in the world. Okay. <laughs> this uh, uh, Tony Rooster wrote in about this guy who used to fight the black yeah, kids. Yeah, every the-
1: night. <laughs>
2: every night. Every night. Well, this is basically going to be that guy's Charles Bronson, nice. and he actually kills a bunch of these hood rats one night, and and he's doing time in prison. So so he'll be like the Charles Bronson character. So it really is kind of a ripoff of the Dirty Dozen, it, but it's the Filthy Half Dozen. is yeah, really what it-
1: it's gonna. Be- Really good. I'm really enjoying it. I don't know why it speaks to me. Uh,
2: I, the only thing I can promise <laughs> is this thing will be done before the next presidential election. <laughs> and if our president is assassinated, okay, I will stop whatever I'm doing, and Sam will stop whatever he's doing, and we'll finish this thing.
1: Yeah. Okay? And you it have is- to make it, you know, honor his memory and. That's really sad. Oh, no, That's no, not gonna happen. It,
2: it's, it's going to happen. It, it would be even better than that. Okay. okay.
1: All right. I'll it, leave it to you. It would, it
2: would be a conspiracy theory in the making. People <laughs> would be looking after Sam and I are done. If he did get assassinated, after Sam and I are done, Donald Trump would be the Elvis of the future. People yeah. would see him everywhere. Oh,
1: okay. Good. I approve okay. of that. I approve of
2: that. All right. Because so, so, he can't. This guy's too much of a jerk to let die. Yeah. Right. yeah. For a jerk like me. Trump is too much of a jerk to let die. Okay, so if he gets assassinated, uh, I'm going to be writing about, you know, Trump sightings and what Trump is doing now and everything. Awesome. Yeah, you because know, he I can't approved. die. All right. Yes, I agree <laughs> <with> that.
0: <laughs> Can
1: you make Don Jr. be president after? <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, president, president, it would be the end of the presidency. Okay,
1: then. Yeah. Oh,
2: we'd be, uh, we'd be breaking out the uh, the conite. This would be the conite. Oh. You know? okay. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it would, uh, it would definitely be a, uh, it would be a time for something like that to happen. You would uh, possibly see a military queue. Uh, uh,
1: yeah, that's something. You know, I have uh, some family connection to that. That my family came from a country that uh, does that for a hobby. And oh um, yeah, 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 yeah,
2: yeah. Your, so, your people are like a big one. Uh, yeah, a- so
1: I told my friend. Dur- during the Obama administration, I told him that I was praying for a military coup, and he was really ag- aghast, but he was really shocked by that. He did not approve of my thought, and he was very conservative, you know, kind of we agree on everything, but but he's also a, a real American, not like me, an immigrant American, that, um, you know, he, he thought that was not appropriate.
2: <laughs> so is it really true that Madonna played your great aunt? No movie.
1: <laughs> no. no, no, not at all. Okay, okay. No. all right. No, 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 no. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay, so thanks for bringing up the filthy few. It is, a, it is a conspiracy well, novel. You post,
1: yeah, you posted yesterday. I get, I think so. It was fresh in my mind. Okay. okay. Well, yes. Yeah,
2: Stone Cold Willy and Rhymold. Uh,
1: yeah, okay. I still have Barack Obama's birth certificate, but I also you you have to talk about the. African American cons- yes. conspiracies. Well, that would be a
2: segue to that. Okay. Well, his, uh, look, I mean, his father was an Arab, uh, was half Arab and uh, half Kenyan. Yeah. And his his mother was like, what, a redheaded chick from Chicago or something? Uh,
1: yeah, something like that.
2: Well, she was a CIA operative. Yep. OK, and he probably was. And he's probably actually selected by Daddy Bush. I bet you he was selected by Daddy oh,
0: Bush. Yeah.
2: Hmm. While uh, while George W. Bush was was smoking a bong <laughs> in, in the game room. OK, and over. <laughs> right. Yeah. Daddy Bush was selecting his successor. I, gu- oh. I, guarantee, I guarantee that it doesn't matter what his birth certificate said. Hell, she was probably con- uh, he was probably conceived in Moscow, anyhow.
1: Yeah. So. <laughs> well, I as, and this is another area where I can comment because as a foreigner, apart for foreign, I was born in the United States, okay, but but my family's from another country, um, and so when you meet people and you try to explain this, and you know, people maybe they've been drinking too much fluoridated water, or they're just not paying attention. It's quite common for people to have assumed that I was born in another country. Uh, and so then I have to go back and explain it and blah, blah, blah. It's boring. So what I think is that he probably was born in Hawaii, but that quite often in his life, people couldn't figure out, oh, what well, your dad was Kenyan or you're Kenyan or what, you know, they just get confused and that when it was advantageous for him, he would let them believe that he was Kenyan. Because he there is a, a pamphlet out there for when he was shopping books around as a young author, a young I don't know law school guy or whatever, um, and it says he's that he was Kenyan. You know, it's like the bio on your website. Oh, it's,
2: so. well, it's funny the the, the little uh, uh, the little documentary that was done when he was coming when he when he left college and went back to visit his family. They were laughing at him at him and calling him a white person. <laughs> uh, but my theory okay and it's just a theory poor Obama uh, that I, I think the, the the half Arab half Kenyan guy it wasn't the dad
1: okay yeah it was okay. Frank Marshall okay.
2: Davis okay no the no. dad was the bodyguard of somebody that the CIA assassinated while his bodyguard was banging <laughs> Rock's mother
1: okay, okay? well there's That's... your next Halloween story <laughs> What could be spookier than that? This guy goes on to become the the president, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah so, and,
2: yeah, and his it was his father was a shiftless bodyguard that let his leader get assassinated. <laughs> always, uh, always hosing out some redheaded chick from Chicago. Well, you know, oh,
0: but, my
2: gosh. <laughs> and there is there is a there is a, consp- there is a uh, an early American conspiracy theory. I'd also like to look at if we have time.
1: Well, we're we're getting short on time, but tell me.
2: Uh, the Roanoke Colony there was no lost Roanoke Colony they were intentionally marooned by a conspiracy of high English lords who were out to screw Sir Walter Riley out of his uh, out of his title Hmm. to Virginia these people were destined for the Chesapeake Bay this man spent his fortune trying to find them and these were each as expensive relatively speaking as a moon landing would be today and uh they were intentionally marooned by a portuguese pirate who was in the pay of riley's enemies who were aligned with sir francis drake and drake wasn't even mm. the most enemies uh, drake was also at its sea doing things riley was at home uh working uh you know, for his political, for his own little political faction, and for his claims, his plantation claims. And the man that was doing the work for him was Lord Grenville. Richard Grenville was a hero. He was made to sit out the battle of the Great Armada. That the Armada right. never had a chance. The, the English knew it, and Drake made Grenville and fifty-one ships
1: Whoa.
2: sit in a harbor.
1: So they didn't get restful. the credit for it.
2: Right on the Irish Sea, so they couldn't get any gory and didn't even detail them to look for Turkish pirates. Turkish pirates were snapping up English peasants while mm. Grenville's in the harbor yeah. and the Spanish are getting slaughtered in the channel. Grenville felt so bad about what happened with Riley getting screwed. Riley ends up getting beheaded over this. Mm. And he was at one time the second most powerful man in england but he wasn't the first most powerful and the first most powerful was in real tight with number three and number four so riley went down and those these this was the only colony of people who were 100 percent religious dissidents Hmm. okay so we're all religious congregationalists there wasn't a slave or a servant
0: in that group
2: there wasn't mercenary or an adventurer in that group the guy that got the job as the governor was an artist okay that gives you an idea where this colony was headed they picked him out he said he ends up getting killed as he's trying to get to the bottom of this because his grandchild and daughter were in that colony when he came back to plead for a resupply mission Mm. now renfield ends up committing suicide by taking one ship against a fleet of 30 Spanish ships. He had his other five ships sail away, and wow. and him and it took them three days. That's how bad this dude was. Took them three days to get him. Wow. He was a prisoner, uh, uh, beaten senseless in his armor. They actually repelled borders three times. Okay, and what are we surrounded by? The whole Spanish fleet. Yeah. So, was the existing Spanish uh, naval military at the time, and this is how our country got started, was by a conspiracy to defraud somebody out of the Chesapeake Bay region uh, called Virginia,
0: hmm.
2: and and this it was it was had traitorism and everything. The Spanish were benefited from this. It, it was really stinky, and there were there there were English survivors. And uh, John Smith, who worked for the cabal that took over Riley's claim, he was told to report on any English survivors, and he found them in his official dispatches.
1: Yeah,
2: they were not, but in his own journal, he said that he found some blonde boys.
1: And he didn't want to. He didn't want to capture them
2: and, and yeah. some gray-eyed. Yes, yes. So, anyways, that's a conspiracy theory by a lady named Lee Miller, who did an absolutely fantastic job researching the book titled Roanoke. Okay. Okay. It was one of the best jobs of research. This chick is as good as Barbara Tuckman, just as far as research. Just didn't write as, uh, as, you know, uh, Barbara Tuckman had the skills of a novelist. So this lady's a great writer, but she just wasn't, you know, as good as Barbara. That's all. All right. So, so what else? We got so to go through the. Do we American have time?
1: Conspiracy? Yeah, to have, uh, have Justin time. Justice. And, well, I know, but I can you do it in like five? The, I'm sorry. I can't,
2: I can't cut them short. What about you? What kind of time do you have left?
1: I have five or ten minutes.
2: Okay, well, Justin W R Justice, of course, believes in the white supremacy conspiracy. Yeah. And you touched on this earlier with the white man sending those Italians from Venice to steal the yellow man's gunpowder. So he could then steal the North African Arab man's Latin rigged sail Mm -hmm. and put it on the back of his tub boat and start sailing around the world and stealing stealing all the inventions of all the other people of color around the world, including the invention of the potato, the invention of the tomato, (laughs) the invention of 80 varieties of corn by the Peruvian geniuses who were really black men, okay? Okay. That's why Peruvian children all score the highest on international math contests <laughs> because they're really black. Oh. way back, though, so the color's kind of washed out, but that big African brain is still in there. Yeah. It hasn't it, – it, it. you have to go to these places where the white man didn't get until later on, okay, to find where the – where the large African brain has not yet been shrunk by all this inbreeding that was forced upon them by the white man. And speaking of which, there's a lot of white daddy genes in African-Americans. That's why they're so stupid. Okay, this is Justin W.R. Justice told me this. And in the way, they forced beautiful black women with high intellect to breed with the stupidest Irishmen.
0: Oh, (laughs)
2: plantation. It wasn't the master doing this. It was it was his stupid overseer. The guy was only good for cracking a whip. So that is Justin W. R. Justice's conspiracy theory. And I didn't make this up, okay. Justin W. R. Justice might is is actually a composite of numerous bus bus stop profits I have talked to <laughs> that stand in the street and they educate young African American men about the, what the Koreans and the Pakistanis and everything are really doing working for the FBI. Mm-hmm. And uh, feeding high high sodium content food
1: yeah.
2: uh, to the black children and giving them hypertension so that they can't keep their wits about them when they hit thirty and they and they pop a vein. Oh. Okay.
1: Yeah.
2: All right. So are, are you okay with that? Or are you going to give that a yay or a, or a nay? Um,
1: I wasn't familiar with any of those facts, so it's hard for me to really. Chime in on it right now.
2: <laughs> well, if Justin W. R. Justice has got you thinking, maybe I think Teaspoon Slickens is going to sweep you off your feet, baby. All right. Yes. Okay. So Teaspoon Slickens. Okay. Okay. This is this is claimed by the. Nation of Islam as their foundation story. And a lot of make, make nice with whitey people have come along and said, no, no, you know, like Malcolm X. Okay, but you see where that got him. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have come along and said, no, no, we're really real Muslims. We're not black Muslims. W.D. Fard, who came from Afghanistan, and yeah, he looked a little bit white, but, you know, those, uh, those niggas from Afghanistan sometimes look white.
1: I was going to ask, are Afghans are black?
2: Of course, okay, because the Israelites were all black. Oh. And even Baruch told me, even though Baruch won't actually admit to being black. <laughs> Baruch told me it was he served in Afghanistan. He found one of the lost tribes of Israel. Oh. And of course, he didn't admit to them being black either. But you know, that he boy spent have. eight years in the desert. His eyes were were probably not working. Exactly correct I, out, so. Hey,
1: Baruch, we're, come back. You haven't commented in a while.
2: He's been he's been busy with some things, but Teaspoon Slickens is uh, is okay. calling him out on that. But yeah. give him a pass because uh, at heart he's a black man.
0: Okay.
1: Now,
2: <laughs> that, that whole foundation legend, okay, the black scientist of Egypt.
1: Yeah, created the white man for slavery that's, or.
2: That's pre-Islamic, and W. D. Farr mixed that in, and Teaspoon Slickens is not a Nation of Islam guy, so he's snatching this away from the Nation of Islam. Okay. and using this to tell the real story of the black man. The big-headed Yakub was the most brilliant of the black scientists of Egypt. Mm. They were down only one mothership because other ones had been sent off to colonize other solar systems. <laughs> yeah. well, the original people that came to Earth were black people. Okay. All right. And they were sent. So all you had was the one Cadillac in the sky. Okay. That was it. Or without the pyramids. <laughs> The pyramids actually – and you can see this on the cover of – uh, I think it's their live album that the Parliament of Funkadelics did in, like, 77. Mm-hmm. You can see this on the cover of the live album. The pyramid actually held up the mothership with this, like, reverse tractor beam, okay? Oh. Something that he's been able to figure out, of course, considering their origins. Now, he wanted – he was kind of worried about things that had kind of gone wrong in Asia where the people had turned out yellow over there for whatever <laughs> the, the reverse polarity of the magnetic field or whatever it was i forget how wd fart explained it but he was really worried about that because people were smart and they were really hard workers not real creative couldn't dance weren't the greatest breeders <laughs> okay. sure, so couldn't fight but they really worked hard and that worried them uh, them being smart too maybe being able to figure out some of the uh uh You know, some of the secrets of the -hmm. the black scientists of Egypt. So they actually came from the the star Sirius, by the way. Okay. So Petit Cube went to the Neanderthal population of Europe.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: These guys had blue eyes because they burned bones in their cave. Mm -hmm. Okay. And it radiated their eyes with all this this bison and mammoth bone stuff. And that's where you got the blue eyes from. And he crossed them. He gave them... He gave them a little bit of black brain juice, and he crossed that – because a Neanderthal would not work for shit. You couldn't get – I mean, all they wanted to do was kill, eat, and have sex. I mean, they were terrible fornicators. So
1: primitive, yeah.
2: Right. That's where the slave masters got all this stuff from, you know, going after all the black women because they got it from the Neanderthal strain. It's very horny. Recent genetic studies will bear this out, according to (laughs) Teaspera. Sure. Barg will probably prove it at some point. Oh, now,
0: okay.
2: <laughs> the, they were mixed. The Neanderthals were, were crossbred with the Chinese with some black man brain juice shot in there. Okay. okay. The successful people in the experiment actually got lost in the Red Sea. Okay. Uh, it, the, the, uh, sorry. The, the idiots that we brought up from the Sudan, or they did, to run this thing, put them on the wrong boat. They went down the Red Sea. They ended up populating America. Okay, they became the red man. Okay, which is really the superior race. You can ask Ron West about that. And Ishmael, the the island of Patmos was used to breed these people.
1: <laughs> with, and with John the Baptist, that
2: the Andresalt gene took over. It somehow inflected that black brain juice. Okay, and then and then horror horror, they they become as hard workers as Chinese. Oh. Okay, and then then you got the black devil i'm sorry the white devil you got the white devil coming out they instead of developing science they develop the pseudoscience of trigonometry,
0: mm-hmm. which
2: you, uh, numerous essays have been done by the honorable reverend willis farrakhan about this on, on cotton to all of his stuff but he's right about this about the trigonometry <laughs> with white man and du- du- justin w.r justice did touch on this that the Essentially, what the white man does is he steals other people's science, and then he turns around and uses it against them. Mm. Being the genius that he was, uh, but not exactly the most loyal guy to the other black scientists, big-headed Yaku, came back to the pyramid. He slickly walked across that plush pink carpet, snatched the keys to the mothership Mm. Okay, off the keychain holder at the front door, and he took the mothership back to Sirius. And someday he's going to be back. Oh. But he's he's working out a solution to the white devil problem. Okay. Okay. And for a while we thought it was the Cold War and Ronald Reagan. Ronald Reagan was for a while he was the hope, you know, of the remaining black scientists of Egypt who have gone underground that he would hit the button and, and wipe white people, uh, Russian white, American white people, and irradiate them. All Australian and English white people and then the, <laughs> of course our. You don't know this. They're actually immune to radiation poisoning. They would oh. then rise up, wipe out the Chinese, because the Chinese would get mutated by this shit. And that is the story of uh, how big-headed you Cube invented the white man.
1: Okay. Uh, right? Well, thank you for that. And, uh, yeah, unless, you're right. Thank uh, I mean, Come on. I'm going – okay, I'll go with a maybe on that one also.
2: Okay. Subject well, that's to- – that's, that's, rather generous it's kind of a blow to teaspoon the teaspoon slick and zigo though because you know he's got a lot on uh that shift with uh justin wr justice
1: yeah well they're both maybes i'm gonna have to leave them there i just want to be polite and uh (laughs) don't want to hurt anybody's feelings because they're i know they're valuable sources for you so you can tell them whatever you want actually
2: well if i could uh well maybe i could actually write this up or Maybe some nice lady could type a transcript of this, or or send a recording to Wee Miller. Maybe Wee Miller, the lady <laughs> that could research this, she I'm sure she'd be thrilled that uh, <laughs> yeah. that I liked her her book and she promoted will. it. Definitely. It's five
1: yeah, I'm gonna put a link to it. <laughs> okay. She might sell another copy. Uh, huh. All right. Well, you have to you have to uh, express my thanks to D- Justin W R Justice and Teaspoons. Splickens or Slickens?
2: T. Period.
1: Yeah.
2: Spoon. Slickens.
1: Slickens.
2: Slickens. Okay. Okay. Sorry about that, Mr. Slickens. Right. Okay. The man is slick. Slick. He was born during a tropical storm.
1: Oh.
2: First thing he did was punch his daddy in the face and say, So you, the man, they've been poking me in the eye for the past nine months out (laughs) there. This shit is going to change. That's the first thing that teaspoons like instead. Okay? He was oh, walking man. and talking when he came out the womb. All right? Wow. Born in Norfolk.
1: Okay. That's
2: good. It's I... not far from Cape Fear. and There ain't no fear in it. That's right. Okay. All right. So uh, <laughs> uh, watch Black Dynamite before we talk again, all right?
1: No. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: well weight's getting uppity but okay <laughs> <laughs> this it's, is what you got bars for man got a place to go when this happens
0: when uh <laughs>
1: yeah because I refuse to see a movie <laughs> <laughs> oh that's oppression thank
0: you. thank
2: you for putting up with my imitation of my eccentric friends
1: you're welcome I think the uh, listeners will love it. I do it I do it for you listeners I couldn't have done you. the.
2: I could have only done the ag- accent if I was extremely drunk
1: mm. and had
2: been talking to Hawk uh, and William for a few hours. Uh, so.
1: Well, next time. maybe.
2: I probably wouldn't have been able to uh, do the other stuff that went into this.
1: <laughs> yeah, to dial the phone or stuff like that. <laughs> 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 All right. Well, we'll say goodbye to our listeners. Thank you, everybody. Episode fourteen. Yeah. See you next time.